and the mouse keep running, running, and 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 running, running, Everybody and welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. I'm Jim. I'll be joined by my man Jason in just a little bit. And forgive me as I, I get through this intro fairly quickly because I am not feeling very well. I am actually allergic to garlic and I ate some garlic knots and I thought I could take them and I was wrong. So I'm having a lot of problems here. So I'm going to do this intro real quick and then we'll get to the books with me and Jason. Just to let everybody know, go over to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. Follow us there. We will follow you back 100%. Also, go to our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com. Check out the reviews there, mainly by my man Gabe. Also, then go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience, where you can get a bunch of shows that we end up doing. We have a ton of shows. One of the big ones, though, is each and every Thursday, we have a Marvel Patreon-only spotlight picked by the badass level of the Patreon of the Get Fresh Crew, uh-uh. and they end up picking two books from that week's books. This week, they picked New Fantastic Four number one, which me and Jason actually really liked, and Punisher Ward Journal Blitz number one. Didn't like it as much, but we had our thoughts and dreams and hopes about it. So if you want to listen to that, go over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash science, as I said. But we end up having a bunch of books this week, and... We like them pretty much. You'll see. We're pretty positive overall with these their books. So without further ado, we're just going to get to that. Like I said, I apologize. Not that anybody needs a long intro or wants one, but yeah, I'm struggling. So thanks, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the show and check it out. And I'm here with Jason. What up, Jason? Not too very much, Jim. Back here at home after my little week off traveling. How are you? Yes, I'm great. I am always here. In the basement, it's me and my wife's anniversary, and I'm here doing the podcast. She sent me a text. She's she's <laughs> from another room, sent me a text, and I said, oh. oh, I thought you'd forget, even though I think I might have, but and that was oh. the way I kind of covered my tracks. Very nice. Our anniversary happened to pass while we were uh, traveling in Pittsburgh as well, visiting the in-laws. Yeah, so that is a, a thing. Once they get past 20 years eh, what is that anymore but here we go we end up having a bunch of books here that i i actually like so we're going to be a little more positive uh so whoever that was i can't remember his name from the uk he can suck it is what i want to say with his negative comment that said i'm grumpy so i'm just grumpy at him now i hope he is listening focus focus that negative energy all over there i'm just gonna focus it on him I still think it's Luke Hollywood in disguise, but that's just me. But we're going to end up starting with The Amazing Spider-Man, which we've been up and down with. We're kind of confused of what's going on. You end up having a, you know, story that seems to be more centering on Tombstone yeah, than fact, actual it's, Spider-Man. It's, it's been like Star Trek, where the even-numbered ones we like and the odd-numbered ones not so much. So we'll see, because I, I like this issue, and hopefully this is the start of, you know, a beautiful relationship with us and the amazing spider-man it is the amazing spider-man number four written by zeb wells pencils by john romita jr inks by scott Hanna, colors by marceo menez and letters by vc joe caramagna six months ago peter parker did something and now he has to live with the consequences of what he did his debts have racked up he's burned bridges with most of his friends he's betrayed aunt may's trust and mj has moved on from him Tombstone is at war with the Rose after kidnapping Spider-Man and beating him senseless. Tombstone revealed his plan to stage a massacre and blame the Rose and his gang for the crime. Meanwhile, for a more personal flavor of revenge, Tombstone at his right hand, White Rabbit, kidnapped daily a bugle editor-in-chief Robbie Robertson. Why? It may have something to do with Robbie's son Randy and Tombstone's daughter Janice's recent engagement. So we start off, though, with a little MJ. She's there with Possibly your daughter. I don't know well, what's going this is, on. This, this has been the pattern established. Now we start off with a scene about Peter's personal life. You know him and MJ, and then we never come back to it. But he's not. A, he, it's almost like like a backup sort of a thing, except it's in the front where we've kind of. It's very much separated from everything else. So yeah, we see he, she's talking to this little girl, doing their little bedtime routine. 
clearly she tucks this girl in all the time, right? That's what we established that there's a, there's a routine they go through. And then uh, Black Cat comes in through the window, kind of out of MJ's old life that she thinks she's left behind. I don't know how long ago this was. I'm starting to think that we're going to see some, I don't know, time jump. I don't know. Because this girl definitely looks like MJ. I mean, it's not its not just John Romita Jr. It's It can't be that long because they're still after Pete for those medical bills. Unless maybe, maybe it's a twist and these are different medical bills, not from the Beyond situation. I'm telling you, yeah, I'm telling you, something happened where recently that there must be something else. I don't think it's the Beyond stuff. I think he was in uh, the hospital some other time hmm. after that. And there's that explosion, the stuff that happened in York, PA. And it just seems weird because this girl looks exactly like MJ. I, still calling I still her mom. think we're being set up. I don't think it's going to really be her daughter. I think we're supposed to, clearly they want us to think that. But I think they're they're setting it up to to jerk it away. I mean, they are, but I don't know because the guy who is what looks like the father of these kids doesn't look anything like them. These look very much like MJ unless he just has a type. And even when Felicia comes in, she doesn't seem to think anything wrong with this, you know, whole situation. You even have where MJ says, oh, you know, bedtime. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I just have you talk to Peter. And then in a weird way, which you would say to a kid, like, Oh, that's a friend from a long time ago. There's just weird plays here where you even have where she's like, hey, cute kid, and then leaves, not even mm-hmm. like asking, like, what's going on here? What, what happened? What's it's weird. And then the girl says, who was that mommy? A friend from a long time ago. And that's just like, again, that could be like, I've gotten past that life or whatnot, but it's just weird plays going on. So. I'm I think hoping there might these, be something more to it. I'm hoping this whole MJ situation pays off in a satisfying way eventually and pretty soon. But right now, it's just kind of, don't know if I like it. Yeah, it's it's weird. So, you know, and, and you, you play with ideas where at one point Nick Spencer was going to, oh, we're going to get rid of the one more day, stuff like that. Is this like a, a opposite twist where something else happened and Peter had to do something weird that then gives MJ what he was, but he seems to still try to call her and stuff. I don't get it. But the main thing is that Peter has been captured by Tombstone and they're going to kill him. You ended up at the last yeah. issue. He left this whole plan of, hey, we're going to get people dressed up like the Roses guys. We're going to go out and cause a massacre. We find out that that's like a clever twist here, but we don't know it at this point where- No, this is another one of those books where after you read it, it makes you want to go and, and read it again to see what's really going on and also go back and, and read the previous issue where it was set up. Yeah, because then Kareem comes in and Kareem has saved Spidey a bunch of times now because Spidey saved right. him. So you think, oh my God, he's done it again. He's a gem. Yeah, this Double is gem. All, it's not a gem. He's This is bad. That guy's going to end up shooting Spidey and Kareem comes in and says no. And you even have Spidey. Well, I got to wait for the Spidey sense. Right when he's going to pull the trigger, I'll roll over. I'll try to mm-hmm. do something. Um, but he never shoots it. He never no gets Spidey it because sense. Kareem, yeah, Kareem stops this and says, "Hey, Which that that no Spidey sense is a is a clue too. His Spidey sense knows that something is up that Spidey doesn't himself." Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. The idea that it doesn't go off is because he doesn't pull the trigger. I guess is what well, he was saying. never going to pull the trigger. Yeah, yeah. Well, he said he's like, "I'm waiting. Once the Spidey sense goes, we'll be right when he pulls the trigger, and then I'll roll over and get him mm-hmm. on the web." But it never happens. Green comes in and stops it, lets him out, and <laughs> hits the guy in the head. Well, that's kind of funny later when you find out right. that that was all just a play. Yeah, Kareem's kind of method acting a little too much, going a little, little Jared and Leto Kareem's there. Kareem's pretty funny when he's like, okay, you can go up. These guys are crazy up there. They're going to do this job. They're going to end up impersonating the Rose, all that stuff. And by the way- Yeah, he also tells him, yeah, Tombstone's going after your friend Robbie Robertson. So he's he's putting all this stuff on Peter, saying basically saying, "Hey, hey, Spider Man, don't think about anything. Just run upstairs and 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 crack some heads." I have a little definitely problem don't with think. Spidey. I don't know why he would. It's one thing to call Randy, but he basically tells Randy to go and stop Tombstone. Randy's going to die if this was really not a plan. Randy's dead. I mean, you don't go yeah. and call Randy and say, yeah, "Tombstone has your dad. You got to go there." While I take care of other things, you might want to call somebody else to maybe go there that mm-hmm. might actually be able to survive. But luckily, it, it's part of the plan. That's where I thought it works was an well odd way. for the structure of this story because you get to see you get to see Spidey, you know, doing his you know stuff while uh, Randy tries to get to Tombstone, and you think these are happening at the same place. We're cutting back and forth. 
we think they're all going to meet up in the same office until we find out what's really going on. Again, this is supposed to make Spidey look bad to everybody and solve some problems because when Randy shows up and has been told by Peter, oh, my God, you got to go save you. He ends up looking like a fool kind of. So we'll see how that plays out. But if it was real, he'd be dead. But you end up where Spidey goes and he fights through what he thinks is the tombstone guys dressed up as the Rose guys. It really plays out well. The thing that I didn't quite get is how he gets from, he's in the subway and then we see him busting into a building armored door, but we don't see the part in between. Yeah, he just had to go up those stairs. I mean, they're right under the the base. They ended up saying that last issue where Mm -hmm. they were. You end up having Tombstone, and again, it was the setup saying a couple times, we're right under my safe house in Harlem. We're right under my safe. And so when he goes up, I'm just saying he ran up some stairs, and they just didn't want to show you as he's running up. But he ends up, you know, busting through doors and just beating the crap out of people. And again, John Romita Jr.'s art's really good at points. Some of the faces are still wonky. That's his thing. But some of the action scenes I really like. When he busts through that, that door, it's great. And ends up where these guys are, you know, going to town on him. They're trying to shoot him. And he's, like you said, it's made to be so frantic that he can't really look or even think. He's just fighting through people, especially when he runs out of webbing because he does web up that that one hallway. So they get stuck. Yeah, in it's kind of like a on the like a like a glue trap, like it put out for for mice or rats. Yeah. Or or spiders or flies, <laughs> but yeah, you end up where they're all, and he's he's getting them. And so with all of this, it, it's it is a genius plan by Tombstone because what we find out, and we'll just say it now, we find out that this is actually the Roses guys. They ended up taking Peter and putting him underneath the Roses whole facility. Mm-hmm. So when Peter goes up, he thinks he's beating up these imposters. He's beating up the real thing, but. In that, you some of these plans, you're like, well, that wouldn't work because they'd say they wouldn't say anything. They're there. He thinks they're like right. at one they're, point they're bad guys. They're being attacked by Spider Man. They all think, well, this is this is the way of the world. Yeah, and I like that. And we see a couple times we see the bad guys mention, oh, Digger is Digger around? And we know that Digger actually works for the Rose, but we can't tell from the dialogue right away. Are they saying, oh, are we being attacked by Digger or? Where's Digger to come save our ass? And the funny thing is Digger hasn't been around for a bit, so you might even kind of forget that. I think they might be playing with that too. So that's kind of a crazy deal. Is Digger just happens to not be around or is that part of Tombstone's plan somehow that he's been lured off elsewhere? Yeah. So with that, luckily for Tombstone in this deal, you don't have Peter yell at points like, man, why are you doing this for Tombstone? <laughs> they'd be like, what the hell? Even then, I think they'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? Just shoot. But yeah, he ends yeah, up- well, they don't They don't know that Spider-Man's attacking them on Tombstone's behalf. They know they're bad guys. No, I'm saying it's uh, yeah. the one thing that Peter would say. Like, why oh, okay. are you guys doing this for Tombstone? No, he doesn't have time he's for that. He's a piece of crap, but he's they're making it so he's just there and he's just beating the crap out of everybody. They're shooting at him and he's trying to get to this main deal that he thinks is- you know, the main office. Mm-hmm. And when he gets in there, you do see that he thinks somebody's dressed up the row as the rose. And he's like, oh, man, they're really going into this. Like they're <laughs> having everybody involved. And that's the deal when he ends up getting shot at and then dodges it and then punches what he thinks is an imposter. He takes off. He's like, crap, this is Richard Fist. This is the rose. I've been duped this whole deal. And he has pretty much ended the rose it seems or at least th- this war between tombstone and the rose yeah and he's taken tombstone. out his whole operation beat tombstone up all didn't his have dudes. to do anything it's it's yeah. hilarious now and i mean he duped me too i had no idea that's what was going on until that panel right at that panel i go oh and I'm then you think dummy. Back to i'm like huh i'm like well did they I, oh i see <laughs> like i didn't even get it right away right. Uh, and then he looks, he looks out, out the, the window, the window. And says, oh, i'm not in harlem which is where he thought he was and the cool thing is is as he's coming up and again as we say like he goes from the set some of these things i think he is just going you know level level you don't have windows so he never really even with him fighting you know going to there's not really a lot of windows that mm-hmm. he goes by anyway so when he looks out he's like Oh crap, I'm not even And I'm it makes sense because we be. remember that he was trapped by Lonnie in the back of a truck, kind of choked out or, you know, knocked unconscious, and then he just woke up in a in a abandoned subway station. Yep. And so all of this, I'm telling you, we had said that Kareem is not a gem. He seemed to be he's not, 
I don't know. He's a method actor. He's kind of a gem of an actor. I mean, he really plays it up here. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, maybe a little, little too much. That that one guy. The one guy says, "You're, you know, don't hit me again." Yeah, don't hit me because while that's all going on, the play with with Robbie and something a little too like Tombstone did not seem like you're gonna have to play the joke up or this plan up with this. Even though when Robbie comes to Tombstone. It is like more nefarious than it should seem if that was the real plan, but you have to yeah. keep the play going. Right. That That's done for our benefit as the readers, but it doesn't necessarily make sense in universe. No. When Robbie, I, I got to tie up loose, like he's ready to kill him. You have to think that that's not the case because when they end up and they get to the built, Randy jumps out of the car because they're like, hey, we got to go. My dad's in trouble. Your dad, whatever. I don't think this is a good idea. And when they get there, Randy jumps out and just rushes in the building. If this was not a plan, he'd be dead. He even runs. He wouldn't even get in that room. He runs into Kareem. Oh, yeah. Kareem and this guy, yeah. Still wearing his rose. Yeah, he has his rose. He likes that. You know, I'm surprised he didn't sniff it. But he comes in. Even then, he almost gets shut. Like, I don't know. This other guy just doesn't seem to know the full plan. Because even then, Kareem has to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's okay. All right, just don't right. hit me again. Like, are we playing <laughs> this again? Uh, and they, he does go in then, and yeah, you end up seeing, you know, the deal where it's fine. Tombstone's having a drink there with Robbie. Yeah, like, it looks oh like Robbie's having some hot coffee. Tombstone, maybe a diet coke. Yeah, and they're like, "Hey, what's up? Yeah, I just told your dad you get married to my daughter. Everything's great." Which is a, a weird way to to break that news yeah, of engagement so to find weird. out from your your future in law. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's very odd. But then you know, Tombstone's daughter comes in and says, "Don't hurt him." That oh, I don't do that. I like the deal. He's like, "I don't do that anymore." Yeah, but your war. He's like, yeah, I gave it to the proper authorities. And then you see Spidey, like, <laughs> what have I done? And yeah, he just feels duped. And then you have Tombstone mm-hmm. laughing. And then it says to be continued. It's pretty good. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because Spidey feels completely taken advantage of. I mean, he did. It's not like he beat up innocent people, right? These are bad guys. It's just they're the bad guys who the other bad guy wanted them to beat up. And they should be taken down anyway, but so should Tombstone and his guys. Peter just has been duped to really do everything that Tombstone needed to have done and make him look like a fool to Randy as well, who went out. And had that whole deal with Robbie. So, yeah, he just, Peter is just getting just duped by, by Tombstone, which is crazy. Cause what's going to happen? You would think everybody hates Peter right now anyway. Randy's going to be like, what the hell? You scared me, whatever. No, no, I'm telling you, Tombstone, he's bad still. Nobody's going to believe him. And then Tombstone's just going to do his stuff and just screw with him, I think, but just pretty good. It was pretty good. And I, I know that in, I think Gabe's review, he might have even said, like, this makes Kingpin look like a schmuck. I actually think this is something along the lines of what a Kingpin would do, a plan like that, that he would end up being able to come up with. So I don't think this makes him better than that. But I think that it's along those lines. At least you're giving Tombstone something to do that's really smart and really duping Peter, who's off his game anyway. I mean, everybody hates mm-hmm. his guts. He owes money. So, you know, This is something it wouldn't make as much sense to do if Kingpin were still around. But since we've shipped them off, you know, literally on a boat. And why you not? need to have, you know, some elevated deals for Peter yeah. to deal with, especially. There's going to be a reshuffling of all the crime powers in the, in the city. Yeah, we'll see how this goes down and what it comes about, but what would you give it? Yeah, I like this a, a whole lot. The, again, that opening MJ backstory stuff, maybe it'll pay off. Hasn't yet. It doesn't bother me, but it, you know, it's not as good as the rest of the issue. So overall, I, I love the way uh, John Romita's. Does most of this drawing again? Some of the human faces, some of the the Robbie faces, Randy faces. Yeah, they got little, the perspectives a little off, but mm-hmm. that's fine. But everything else looks great. The action stuff looks fantastic, and this is an action-packed book, so that that's a, a fine trade-off for me. So I'm going to give this an eight point eight out of ten. I'm giving an eight five. I really liked it, and uh, yeah, it's one of those things that we kind of likened it to the Hulk deal, where oh my god, what happened? What happened here? And what happened there? In this, you're still wondering. But I'm getting enough. I, I'm not getting enough mm-hmm. in the Hulk book to say, oh, man, I can put that, you know, thing aside. Here I can. I do want to know what's up with MJ, that time frame. They're really being, you know, kind of sneaky with it. But other than that, though, while I'm reading the issue, I really, really liked it. So 8-5, 
the, the MJ stuff will, will continuously throw us off, I think, until everything's it's, revealed. It's but either going to, at the end, it's either going to pay off and go, wow, that makes sense, or we'll go, oh, no, it doesn't. And that the funny thing is, at the beginning, and we were talking about it before, the idea, and this was on the Patreon Spotlight, about editor's notes and things at the end of, and not even editor's notes, editor's letters. And at the end of that first issue of Spider-Man, they were like, oh, my God, and I think it's Nick Lowe, right? He's like, oh, my God, right. you're going to hate us. Oh, you're going to hate us. That hate has kind of gone away. Like, we were kind of angry. What the hell are you doing? People were, eh, you know, MJ this and uh, Aunt May that. But at this point, I'm like, okay, I put that aside now, and I'm enjoying the regular story. They're so. reminding us enough that that's still going on. They haven't dropped it. But the main meat of this whole series is You is can Tombstone. jump in, and you can enjoy it, and it's Tombstone. And then This issue makes me like the previous issue a, a little more because I, I can see what Lonnie was setting up. I still don't care about his backstory, about his, his sad childhood. Still don't care about that. But- the idea that that whole time he was just goading Spider-Man into being his, his ball. We saw the the origin, you know, he's sharpening the teeth. Oh, my God, he's so bad. He's so bad. He took his caps off only to show that he's not violent. Like, like now he's changed up his game. Now his idea is the smarts, which I like better. So I think I'm with you. It's almost like the idea, like, I didn't like that origin as much. I don't really like, but I like this so much better. So I'm like, eh, I could deal with it. I, I could deal with it. But I like thinking. Of, I like thinking back to what Lonnie was really thinking at the time while he was doing it. Like he took those caps off. That that probably cost a lot of money. That guy. He I, I think been. he said he told us how many thousands of dollars it each was of them crazy. was. Yeah. What was he doing? He didn't have to do that. It almost felt like that was like his way of like I got to get back to the violent deal. But then yeah. show us was later. That, it was wasn't that back. just? Was that just for Spider-Man's benefit for this yeah, one scene? Know. Is he going to put him right back on? So odd. Uh, Maybe. Maybe he's right to the dentist after this. It's like, man, I won again, the war. When I'm you really go think about it, there's some places where we were shown as readers things Lonnie was doing. Really, he didn't need to be doing. Right. When he wasn't in the presence like of Spider-Man, he should have yeah, he should have let the mask drop when he wasn't trying to fool Spider-Man. But we couldn't see that. Otherwise, we would have been- Yeah, I mean, you know, in this issue- they really wanted to play it up. All you had to do was Robbie get there and like, what's all this about? We have to talk. That's it. And then got, but this idea of loose it, like it's ready. He was ready to kill yeah. Robbie. And now are we going to go with the idea that maybe he really wanted to, like he really is upset that his daughter's a, and so he's like, yeah, but I can't do that. That's not yeah, just part like of the we plan. said. We said last <laughs> so time, it seemed like he was okay he with the marriage. Fine. And then we were, we were showing that, oh, he's not fine. But now he's fine again. It makes it work better, but then it doesn't make it work better right. because we get upset. Because remember, the whole deal was he said, my daughter's going to do what she wants and as long as she's happy. And that was nice. That was a nice moment. But yeah, you kind of have to force it. So you're like, oh, my God. But it felt weird. But we're going to go to the next book, which is something that we've actually enjoyed a lot. I don't hear a lot of people talking about it, uh, but it's continuing the Maestro stuff that we've actually enjoyed. And what is this one? This is Maestro World War M Part 4, The Last Straw, which is really the penultimate straw, but who's yeah, counting? Yeah, yeah, it is. So it is written by Peter David, art by Herman Peralta, colors by Jesus Abertov, and letters by VC's own Ariana Mayer. It is Hulk, now calling himself the Maestro, has claimed absolute rule over the survivors, killing any human or superhuman who dares to challenge him. But what does a king do with enemies who just won't die? And those enemies seem to be banded together as Rick Jones questioned Maestro's minister, revealed to be the original Human Torch's former sidekick, Toro, about Maestro's weaknesses. Spoiler, he doesn't have any. Dr. Doom gathered the Abomination, Namor, and the Human Torch to find a way to defeat him. The Abomination lured Maestro into a fight at the old Alchemex lab on the outskirts of Dystopia, and just when it seemed Maestro had won, Namor seeking vengeance for the deaths of his wife and son, arrived with an old friend, Giganto. Yeah, so we have this big Giganto fight, and it's kind of like a three-pronged fight going on at this point, and it's okay. I like this issue enough. The art I really do like, except I wish they would have played, you know, the son and the wife of Namor a little mm -hmm. bit different there. It seemed a little like it might confuse some people, but I did like where you have, you know, of the mind ghost pushing the the wife yeah, the son it's, it's pushing more the wife off in the the speech bubbles are kind of grayed out a little bit but if you hadn't read the previous issue i mean this is the fifth issue in a six issue run in a in a series of three six issue minis so this is not a jumping on point 
Do not jump into this fourth issue. Fourth issue of a fourth. Five, okay, fourth of five. See, that's right. how Marvel, Marvel plays it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wish that they were a little bit like you could tell they were ghosts. Or, I you know, you that. have yeah. that deal. It's just weird, but well, we knew what it was. This whole issue is an odd tone, oddly comedic. There's a lot of jokes in here, which I like. The, I like the jokes, but this is, like I said, the next to last issue in the whole Maestro saga. So it, it's a, it feels to take a strange turn and tone right here. I enjoy it. Yeah, I liked it. But I wonder how this is going to wrap up all in one issue next time. In my mind, you've had all these Maestro things, and I guess like at this point, Peter David's like, oh my god, I have like a couple issues left, and I don't have that much to tell till the end to where we get this Endgame deal next issue. So. This did have, like you said, it's kind of a weird comedic deal, even where you get like almost like a pratfall with Rick Jones, where the the girls go in <laughs> to see him and he gets hit in the head. with. Well, he's just playing with all his toys. He's got the Iron Man mask on for, you know, he likes his stuff. He's got his collections like, you know. Playing with his playing with his transmorphers. And then he's like, yeah, I'm watching Godzilla on TV. Who's Godzilla? Oh, oh, yeah. And it's Gigano. And then you end up going. In and the again, thing. just like in Spider-Man, we get this is a one-page scene. This kind of just reminds us, oh, yeah, Rick Jones and his daughters, they're still around. They're still a thing. Don't forget they exist. They haven't and then, done much in this whole this deal. They ended up no, finding, they, they like you said, Toro. Toro. Yeah, that yeah. was it. Uh, so as that's going on, you get a little bit of, you know, trying to get some feels with Namor where he is trying to get revenge for the death of his son and wife. And he's there talking to them. When we left him last time, he was despondent and just swilling wine. Bottle after bottle after bottle. I don't think he's actually still drunk here, but he's he clearly kind of, oh, no, kind of unhinged. He's a little off, but yeah, he's, he's talking to the ghost of his wife and, and son. It's funny to think that this <laughs> is just of the mind. Where his wife's, you know, yipping and yapping at him, and he gets so upset that he has a son of the mind go and push her off Gigano. Yeah. I'm like, thanks a lot, son. She was talking too much. The, the angel and the devil on his shoulder, right? The, 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 the son's egging him on. Yeah, dad, you get him. You get him. And the, and the wife's like, oh, but you're hurting all these innocent people. Don't you think you should? And the, the son just goes, whoosh, pushes her right off this 50-story Giganto. They always throw the, the angel off. The devil always <laughs> remains. So they end up throwing her off. And he's like, thanks a lot, son. And yeah, it's a little, it is a little joke. It's, it's weird because she's a ghost, but we do see her crash into the ground and there's a thud and it looks like there's pieces of the ground fly up. So yeah, uh, he's like, I don't know. and he's like, good move, son. We didn't need her. <laughs> and yeah, you have this. He does need her, doesn't he? Yeah, I think isn't he wants the whole her, point but... to revenge for her? I mean, he is, but I guess he could still avenge for. Her, but she's saying not to do it. She's like everybody else is innocent here. But why would he think that? If 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 he's if she's I think a hallucination, it's just his conscience is that would, he feels uh, bad. I think it's just him knowing enough. that he's killing some innocent people. But overall, he wants to hurt Maestro. So he's doing that with that little bit, you know, in the back of his mind, like, I really shouldn't be doing this, but I want to do this because Maestro's a jerk. And so with that, then you go off to Latveria and poor old Dr. Doom, he's taking his nap. It's not beauty <laughs> sleep. I'll tell you that. He ends no, up he, getting woken he needs up. more of that. Yeah. yeah. He ends up getting woken up. And th this is the greatest where Winston his wakes him Winston. up. Yeah. And Winston's like, hey, uh, you know, we got some problems here. Oh, what do, what do you mean, problems? This is the end of the world stuff. Like, what? Oh, here. It's time sensitive. Like, time sensitive. What's yeah, going like, to Everything's going down. But, oh, no. What is Namor doing? How did he get there? What's going on? Then there's another explosion. He's like, hey, Winston, what the hell was that? And I think that Blonsky, I think that he ended up putting a grenade in the transmat deal after I sent him to the back. What did you send him for? He's all upset, this old man, Doom. And he's like, what? Why did you do that? Well, you told me. It's like the, the fine line, you mm -hmm. know, the read the small print. Well, you told me to accommodate him for everything, and that's what he asked, so I had to and do it. And we get this reaction, this silent reaction panel from Doom <laughs> behind a mask. Yeah. Somehow, this is an amazing reaction phase, completely behind a mask. It's like, look, I'm like... You dumb son of a... Yeah, that's what it... And the best is, is when he says it, it looks like he's about <laughs> to say something. And he's just so taken aback of like... Right, you can't say anything. It's just that dumb. His eyes end up like he's squinting like, oh, you idiot. And then there's another explosion as you end up getting the human torch coming. We don't Jim see Hammond. it because we, we yeah. cut to a Jim Hammond perspective. He hears an explosion... Flies into Doom's room, <laughs> and uh, we see these smoking feet where Winston yeah. used to be. Winston's done. I guess, was Winston 
a, an android? A, I think a Doom it was bot? part of a Doombot type deal. Okay. Yeah, I think that so he I might have been part to, organic right. there of more than whatever. But yeah, not quite clear because his face looks half and half. Yeah, yeah. But he was, but a, his, yeah, I think he was a Doombot or at least something of it. And you end up where <laughs> Hammond comes in. It's like, what the hell said? Oh, that was Winston. <laughs> it was Winston, uh, which makes me laugh. And I love that. Like, again, where you're playing the things like we said just in Spider-Man, where you have you're forcing a, a deal to make us be confused or whatever so that we can see the twist in here. This is just full out done in a way that, you, like you said, pretty humorous. Like the idea that you don't see, but you hear the explosion. And then when you come back, oh, my God, it was Basically, scary. every page has a pretty good laugh yeah. on it. Yeah, it does. It is pretty funny. And maybe the idea is let's get some jokes in. Let's get some laugh. Because next issue, all hell is going to break loose and it will play good against that. But in this, you even have where Hammond's like, okay, well, what happened is when I like, is it broken? The idea of the transmat room, we have to repair it. Is it broken? It was blown up. By who? Whom? By whom? Like, again, we're playing these <laughs> yeah. jokes again. I'm like, okay. He's correcting the Android grammar. Yeah, yeah, he's there, so they're going to go <laughs> off. And that big deal is emo yeah, going there. I mean, there. it's funny because Dr. Doom would be very particular about grammar. That makes perfect sense. Even even in this situation with Giganto attacking the city, he just had to murder his favorite Doombot to death. But no, grammar still matters. God Standards. forbid if you say something wrong in Latvian, then he might kill you. But at <laughs> least he just corrects you on English. But they go off there and yeah, emo. This is a weird play because you're playing the deal with Namor with his, you know, the ghost of his son yeah. and do- uh, wife. Where he's yeah, trying so to do things. Blonsky's motivation keeps kind of shifting back and forth, which I guess I can buy because right, he he just kind of woke up in this dystopian world. He doesn't, you know, it's he's unfrozen caveman lawyer, basically. He's, he's scared, he's confused, he doesn't know what's going on. So he had set off to go after Namor. Well, no, no, wait, wait. First, he was angry at, first he's angry at Maestro. He's going to beam off to get Maestro. He wants revenge on Maestro. But now he sees Namor attacking the city, and Blonsky saves this woman and her son temporarily. And then the next panel, again, kind of comedically, but now comedically where it's not so funny, a big old you know, letter A from the old Avengers building, or Alchemax probably, smushes the woman and her son that he just saved. So now he's after Namor. He completely switches his his goal. Yeah. In this, he says that the woman reminds him of his wife. You, you, right. It's very forced. I mean, I guess you can't have him have the wife of the mind as well. So you're like, man, he's like, that woman looks like my wife, but kind of not. And I know it's not, but it kind of makes me think of her. Yeah, Namor kills or is happy to see killed his fake wife. Emil sees someone who's kind of like his wife and she dies while he's trying to protect her. So it is kind of like a, a a mirror image version. And so now he's going to fight, but he's depressed. I mean, he is... He's ready to commit suicide by the end of this. But while that goes on, they're all going to meet up on the top of Gigano. You end up having Maestro go as well as Namor's yelling out his nonsense. And yeah, says, they, you know, they try do to a kill pretty me. good job of staging this battle, which is tough because the scales are all off, right? Giganto is hundreds of stories tall, like a hundred stories tall. You got Namor, you know, regular human size standing on top of him, looking teeny tiny. You've got Hulk and Abomination, who are like big human sized but not giganto size. So you get this kind of stage on the top of Giganto's head where it all kind of goes down. Yeah. And then if you're going to go the whole deal of this, you know, comedy, as Maestro goes, he yells, you're going to get Imperious wrecked, <laughs> which I'm like, why are we doing this in here? But it's okay. It's funny. I don't think Maestro would say it. Just, no. I guess it's just but It makes me laugh. Talk. But yeah, he ends up being grabbed by the Giganto, but he ends up being smart and stabs him in the eye. The idea he's not going to be able to hurt this big thing any other way. He does that to throw everything off, but then you get Blonsky who's going to take down right. a very, and kill I mean, which Namor. is a very straightforward. I mean, even in Moby Dick, they talk about aiming for the eye, or in, in your any kind of comic book, attacking a giant, go for the eye. Yeah, and they even mentioned the idea that originally, when this thing had come in the past, the Fantastic Four had taken it down by putting an atomic bomb with the thing inside it. So it takes a lot to to kill it. But he just wants to wound it here. And it does throw everything off because now it's retching around. But as you end up having this go down, you get that Dr. Doom was able to fix the transmat because right as he's about to get hit by Blonsky, he ends up getting teleported out and yells, Doom, damn you. 
cease your interference immediately and get sent to Latveria. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, you end up having Blonsky there. As he goes to punch and ends up, you know, hitting that, you Which, know, it doesn't really I mean, do this, much. But this transmitter pissed. beam, it seems like a deus ex machina, right? Whenever they need to have somebody into or out of a situation, they can just use it. But I mean, they couldn't, send they just it there, beam, I guess. couldn't they beam Maestro into the sun or, you know, something maybe, like that? I couldn't guess that maybe solve all the problems? Take them, I don't know. I guess maybe there's limitations. And that's maybe. the weird thing. Doom ends up upset at, at Namor because they want to take over the world, but you can't kill everybody in the world or there's nobody to take over. So that's why he gets Namor there. He does try to punish him, and Namor is just like, you're, you're not going to hurt me, old, filthy, you know, old wrinkled doom. Because he tries to shock him. He says, I, I've been attacked by eels. You, you can't hurt me like that. Yeah. And <laughs> He doom has his eel up, powers. And he then just throws doom aside out of his wheelchair. Uh, but then in the meantime, you end up having rampaging Gigano just jump into the ocean. And while that's right, going on. Now, there's no more Namor around to guide him. And he's just been stabbed in the freaking eye, so he just wants to get get the hell out of there. Yeah, he jumps in the ocean the best. Again, you want to have some comedy? You end up having Maestro follow this, or at least he was on it, and he falls off as he jumps into the ocean and looks, and you get that magnifying panel where Emil is just there hanging on mm-hmm. the top of Jack because he wants to drown. He's trying to kill himself, but he's like just lounging out. I thought it was an, a mistake. Like, well, why wouldn't he just jump off? He had all this opportunity to jump off, but no, he doesn't want to. He's no. he's so depressed. He doesn't just, like this like, world. Look at him just he lounging. just wants to drown. Yeah, yeah, he's just holding on and Maestro, quote unquote, saves him. And he's like, why did you do that? I wanted to drown. He's like, you don't get off that easy. Where did Namor go? Oh, Doom must have transmitted him to Latveria. That's where they are. I kind of get you there. All right, let's get going. So they end up teaming up here, it seems, for the last issue, at least to go after Namor. But then in the meantime, Doom and all that stuff. Yeah, and we get this super, I mean, it's, again, lampshaded just how convenient it is that Blonsky happens to have this little doohickey that can transport the two of them right back to Latveria. Yeah, yeah, he says that, you know, I have this. Sometimes things are really easy and, okay, let's go. So Which, again, is off. funny, but doesn't really make so much Looks sense. Looks like, like a, one of those faceplates of like a stereo, a car it, exactly, stereo. Exactly, the kind that you deal. would take with you if you thought your car, you park in a bad neighborhood. They used neighborhood. to have those yeah. so many, like every car had those. I haven't seen those in a while. But uh, yeah, you have that, and then it ends next issue where it says the epic finale with Maestro mm-hmm. beating the crap. That's like the classic beating the crap out of the Maestro brick type mm-hmm. rock, you know, logo. So that's kind of cool. So we'll see where it goes. Yeah, I almost want to give this two separate scores because as a single fun issue, I really liked it. But as as the next to last issue in this whole saga, I don't know that it really fulfills that purpose as well. Yeah, that's I'm giving it a seven overall because of that. It ends up okay. I I had some laughs, but were they laughs or was it just you know, everything of the story was forced set up to get to them. Then you get the teams there. You want to get Blonsky there with Maestro again. Like you, you're really mm-hmm. setting these things up and forcing them pretty, pretty much in there. So, but the art's really good. I like the art, and I like the laughs. The action was pretty good, but yeah, then it's a little wonky. What would you give it? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed. It. I had a great time reading this issue. I had more actual laugh out loud moments in this issue than I've had in a book for so maybe kind of a while. Well, you'd wonder if we were supposed to, but we did because oh, I no, did too. Oh, they were. I mean, these were real jokes. It wasn't like uh, the the previous one where there's you know there's some places where you just laugh at the book. No, this this they were clearly set up, timed as jokes, and they got the timing of the ish, of the the jokes across, which is tough to do in comics. So between the the really good art, the multiple times I laughed out loud, even though I don't know that it fulfills its premise, we'll worry about that next issue. If the next issue crashes and burns, we'll give that issue a bad score. But for this issue, I'm going to give it an 8.3 out of 10. Oh, that's a little higher than I me. Like yeah, lot. I thought that all the things like you mentioned of being forced in, even if they were funny, but some of the, the actual fight and then the teleporting, everything was just convenient in my mind to get the two sides set up to then get to the next issue, which, you know, maybe it could have been done a little bit better. But we're going to move to the next issue, which is, you know, everybody's darling, Moon Knight, Moon Knight number 12, The Killing Time Part 2, written by Jed McKay, art by Alessandro Cupuccio, 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 colors by Rachel Rosenberg, letters by VCs Corey Petit, the supervillain Zodiac abducted Moon Knight's therapist, Dr. Andrea Sherman, 
Moon Knight and Tigra teamed up with Incessant Rutherford Winter, another patient of Dr. Sturman's to rescue her. Moon Knight and his allies were able to retrieve Dr. Sturman, but Zodiac and his gang threatened to attack Moon Knight's neighborhood and the Midnight Mission in their absence. Left alone at the mission, Moon Knight's assistant Reese and friend Soldier confronted Zodiac, desperate to render aid. Moon Knight contacted Poncho, exchanging immediate passage to the mission for a favor owed. So you end up getting all of that. And then we jump into this issue, and there's a lot of things going on. I don't know. It, it felt forced in my mind with this whole Zodiac stuff and to try to end it. Uh, but it was okay. Now, I didn't love it. Yeah. I'm, I'm probably in a similar place. I it's. I think it was a good issue. It wasn't one of the better issues of this series. I thought like the art looked good. It didn't look as great as like the there's mummy some, issue with the mummified There's some pages him. that look really good, but then others looked a little off. And like yeah, and there's some some convenient plot points that so they start off. We we set that uh, Conchu set up this this path. It was like a little little tesseract. Little we got to get from point A to point B. We don't have time, so there's this like mystical path in between. So we open with with the uh, Moon Knight and uh, Tiger running through, and we can see there's all these creepy Egyptian like Conchu beaks and and crescent moons. And we hear Tiger saying they're gaining, but we don't see anyone chasing them in this panel. And the next panel we see, the next panel we see that what we, I think we should see people behind them because we turn the next panel and right behind them, there's all these former Moon Knights, right? It reminded me of like, uh, uh, you know, when Swamp Thing talks to all the old Swamp Things or Black Panther has that little council of ancestors. I think they wanted to have a bigger panel for the first reveal of all the moon. This should have been a spread page as well. You could have had them, oh my God, they're gaining when they're running in that first panel and then mm-hmm. have a big full two-page spread of all the Moon Knights chasing them. But I think the way that they played it is, it's a weird deal. Like almost like it would have been a better as a page turn than just the next panel. And then you see all these like zombified, they're, they're the old Moon Knights. They're on his, their butts. They're right there. And they're so close behind that it is kind of funny. But yeah, they're heading off and they're there. And then we get back. And the thing with this is, I think this might read better in trade. I think it might read better right after the last issue because you did have a lot of those working pieces going where we even said right. we thought the one, one of the Moon Knights, that would be soldier which it is we find that out that was kind of the deal you also have hunter's moon he's knocked out and tied up behind zodiac and there's a lot going on here that just kind of comes at you if you haven't read the last issue in a while and it kind of gets you okay i remember that oh it was soldier and i think it will play out better as you read it in trade but you you go where zodiac is shot yeah so yeah zodiac can tell he first he's he's surprised at first that oh moon knight how could you be here but he realizes very quickly, well, clearly you can't be here, so you must not be Moon Knight. So takes out a gun, boom, boom, boom. And we see that Reese, using her vampire speed powers, jumps in front of it and takes the bullet. But because it's a 357 Magnum, it goes right through him and into Soldier, yeah. who I guess is dead. Yeah, he's dead. She even says, I mean, nobody's even, yeah. Right. Like it's comic books, unless you actually see confirmed dead. We assume he's I not see dead, him with a sure bullet hole through his chest, and nobody by the end says that he's alive. So I really think that. And Reese mentions a couple of times, like, he's dead. He killed. So when he ends up saying she's going to kill Zodiac and says to Mark, he killed Soldier, you never have a, well, he's not actually dead. We checked on him. He, I think that he's full out dead and really, you don't really need, you know, you don't really need him. I mean, he's ex-Hydra. You even have the trash talk from Zodiac about him, about what this team is. This, this was his redemption of, you know, at least delaying a little bit to save Reese. They only, they only bought like a minute, but it was an important minute. You know, he was redeemed a bit, but with all that, yeah, Reese ended up taking the bullet, but it ended up going through. So you end up where there's, you know, Zodiac just sitting there and saying, okay, what's going on? You know, what? how's this going? And then you do have Mark then show up with Tiger, but ends up in a pretty cool deal. It hits him with the moon orangs in the back. Mm-hmm. And he, he gets a bunch of things here of the idea of like, hey, I don't feel any pain. A lot of it felt like it's like, oh, yeah, we have to be reminded of that. 
But as you go, you get a cool deal. I don't know that I like Zodiac in this stuff. He kind of felt he felt a little goofy. Yeah, he kind of comes off. He was he was built up as this big threat, and he kind of comes off as a putz here. Yeah, he's like every step. He's oh man, that wasn't supposed to happen. Like at one point, he actually like says, "Man, you're never where you're supposed to be." I'm like you're not that intimidating anymore. You, you used to be pretty intimidating. His big old scary plan didn't really amount to much. His, his plan was kill Reese and make Moon Knight mad again. No. <laughs> again, okay. no. If you're ending up and you're going after Mark Spector and he comes in and you say, oh, what, are you going to hit me with your fist? And they're like, no, I'm going to use fist. And you see zombie looking, you know, Moon Knights from all that. I, I might crap my pants myself, but. That panel, that page, that page looks really cool. But so what we have is all these old Moon Knights follow them out of the path. Why? I don't know, because it looks cool. And now they're attacking the bad guys, but not the people they were chasing. Why? I yeah, don't know, because it's convenient for the saying, plot. I mean, you end up having them pissed off, and then when you go out, I guess they're just attacking people. I mean, you do see where well, it's, at it, one it, point it they say that, that they're oh, going to turn on them. They, they say they're going to turn on us eventually. If it wasn't for Hunter's Moon, I think they're all dead. Well, yeah, but at least at first, Tigra says the fists seem to want to kill them more than they want to kill us. But there's no reason for that. Maybe just because, you know, they're bad and they're attacking a, a Moon Knight. I don't know. Uh, again, but they were I attacking guess Moon you're Knight. the deal. Yeah, but they weren't. They didn't attack them at all. They were just trying to run. They woke them up and ran the hell out. These guys are just pissed that they were woken up and end up going and chasing them. You know, they weren't really... I know you're saying, but, you know, Mark hasn't done anything against them, I guess. I don't know. They just come out and there's a bunch of them and they fight. Again, it's kind of wonky. But you end up, mm-hmm. I, I didn't mind it. I, I thought that maybe they're like, well, he's a moon. I will take care of these other schmucks first and then we'll get back to him. I don't know. Little convenient. Uh, but all of this ends up, like you said, my biggest problem is that Zodiac just seems like a putz now. He seems like a guy like, oh, man, my plan didn't work. Oh, geez. Gee whiz. I wish it worked. And Golly then ends up- His plan now is, well, I'm just going to walk away. And, oh, I've planted all these bombs and these cars. I'm going to push this big red button. I'm about to push the big red button. Here I go. Watch me push this big red button. And then Reese zooms in and, you know, knocks him down. He seemed to be real concerned of doing these, like, smart little plays and try to do this and that. And now it just comes down to, oh, I also have rigged bombs in every car on this block. It kind of just ends up being, okay, that's a little forced as well. But when he yeah, goes and gets attacked by Reese and she's, you killed Soldier. Again, that's fine. But Soldier, you, you didn't know him that long, whatnot. She's going at it. And then you end up having her get stopped by Mark, who ends up saying, you don't do that. It'll make you bad. You're like, oh, you're going to say I'll be as bad as them. No, you'll be as bad as me. I don't care if you're changing that up, that trope. I even said in the Slack, I'm sick of that. Just kill him. Very she's cliche, a vampire. Yeah. Uh, seriously. But. In that, then, you do I mean, have we Hunter's did have Moon. a setup in the very first issue of how we, we saw this group of people become vampires, right? And then Moon Knight killed the vampires and made them vampires, but Reese and her friends were okay because, well, you haven't actually killed anybody yet. So we didn't feel like, is, is it one of those things where, okay, you, you're a vampire, but you're not like truly permanently a real vampire until you kill somebody? No, no, I would say we that you'd have that to up. drink their blood. And if okay. you just kill somebody, I don't know why that would do anything to a vampire. I think that he's just saying, oh, man, you you, you just won't be the same mm-hmm. again. But they are pushing that. He'll become evil because you're a vampire. I, I'm but- saying it, if they had tied it back into that first issue, maybe it would have felt more convincing. I'm more of the, the, the idea that a vampire, you know, I haven't drank human blood yet, so I haven't fully turned. That's why I'm okay. But killing a guy who's awfully bad and you know that's the deal but and even in a point you could even say it at a point it's kind of self-defense but she's there going after that he's kind of you know crumpled against a trash can deal a big trash bin she throws him uh and yeah you're supposed to be like oh my god this is for the fight for the soul of of reese again i like reese enough we haven't had her that much in here that i really care that much i hate to say it but Hunter's Moon then convinces. It's a nice little deal that he does with the other. He kind of does a little ceremony type deal with the other Moon Knights. I think this is my favorite part of the issue where he does this little kind of chant in 
ancient Egyptian, like thanking the Moon Knights for their long years of service. And you can go back to your rest now and I'll I will join you, you one day. Right. <laughs> I'll see you around. Right. I thought that was nice. It was nice. And and you end up that that felt like a Moon Knight thing. It, it felt cool. And it's cool to give Hunter's Moon something of the sort because I'm still not convinced that he's fully on the up and up, but he seems to be now. That kind of really solidifies it, though I still think he has ulterior motives as that other side of the fist. But with that, then, you do get this twist at the end that I do think it's like, well, let's get some things like more along the lines of the TV show, stuff like that, because you end up having Reese there and Moon Knight kind of steps in. Mark steps in. I'll take care of zodiac i'll do him in so you don't have to and starts choking him out looks like he might end up killing him and then starts fighting with himself with his personalities and all that and he's Mm -hmm. like don't don't do this don't i don't need you coming this time i need to finish this don't stop me and then at the end you end up where i don't know where you end up having Moon Knight say hello reese i'll confess i don't like the rough stuff and let me introduce myself to you i am stephen grant and that's the that's the calm Collected scaredy right. cat kind of, like the of Moon Knight nice deal. He's the nice one, so that's why he stopped. And this is going to be presumably the last page of a trade. This is the last page of an ish of an arc. So that's going to be the whole trade paperback cliffhanger. And it ends Zodiac's deal, it seems, and that was kind of lackluster for something that was yeah. brewing all that time. And I don't know. I don't know that we needed Stephen Grant at the end to have this. And I love the reveal where he unmasked. I'm like. I really don't know what Mark Spector looks like in this book. You end up having that there. There he is. So we have the other, uh, you know, one of the other personalities coming out. And we'll see how that plays. But what would you give this? Yeah, I thought it was, again, all right. It was kind of a a little downer for a big ending to a big arc with our major villain. I didn't think it really reached the heights it was aiming for. The art looked good, but it wasn't my favorite art of the run. And yeah, Zodiac was kind of a putz. So- Overall, I guess I'm going to give this like a 6.8 out of 10. I'm going to give it a 6. And I still like the series, but this one was a bit of a downer for me. It just, I thought that Zodiac was I like was the more... cliffhanger enough. The idea, oh, Stephen Grant, yeah, we haven't seen the whole multiple personality thing at all in this run yet. Yeah, we'll yet. see how it plays I'm, out. I'm, I'm okay enough with the cliffhanger to bump me up a little bit, I guess. Yeah, I, it didn't really impress me much. And I'm like, all right, let's see where that goes, but... I don't know. It, it was the whole issue itself and Reese. And again, I realized that through these, a lot of the times we had some one shots early. We ended up having things setting up overall stuff, but I really didn't get much connection to say Reese or e- even Soldier that much. I mean, I think I got more connection from Sweaty Janet than, than anybody <laughs> yeah. else. And that was way back. So, yeah, it's just one of those. I like the series. I, I do. And when the art's good, it's great. I mean, that sort of deal. Uh, but, you know, it's just this one didn't grab me. But we'll end the podcast with an ending of a book. Uh, and what is that, Jason? This is Silver Surfer Rebirth number five. Written by Ron Mars, pencils by Ron Lim, inks by Don Ho, colors by Israel Silva, letters by VC's own Joe Sabino. And we have no recap. It just goes right into it. Yeah, it goes right into it. And Again, this is the weird deal of, like, what do we want at the end of these stories? And we ended up last week, you had Ben Riley, that story, and, and we didn't talk about it. But the idea of it, I mean, on the main podcast, the idea of it, though, it kind of was a letdown because you end up just kind of, oh, it just kind of ended. Nothing was tied mm-hmm. up. But this one, it's weird because it ties things up. But by the end, yeah, that, I, that I that like Ben it. Riley one does tease the next miniseries about Ben Riley too, which, oh, okay. I hope you have a better idea for that one. That's what the Symbiote Spider-Man book kept doing. Every time I thought that that, oh, man, this is a really cool story. And at the end, it's like, oh, this is just setting up the next. And this doesn't do that. This has an ending. But then by the ending, I'm like, well, we liked it. Is that enough? Like, was it a series that was meaty enough? Well, I think it's a series that knows what it is. It's not a super ambitious story. It's let's have a fun time with some cool characters we haven't seen so much of and give the give Ron Lim and Don Ho and Israel Silva an excuse to draw some really cool art and then we'll just call it a day. So I, I think I think it does what it sets out to it do. It does, but again, at one point I might have thought it was gonna do something more, or at least I because by the end here it just really feels like you're just seeing them like, Oh man, we gotta wrap this one up, let's do this, but it all works out. Like I'm saying, it's not anything like mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God, 
that didn't make sense or that was what it just kind of ends in a way that i'm like all right like i i like this enough throughout i don't know that i would tell anybody you have to read this but if you had some spare time and it's on the app or something, you just like it's a super quick read. All five issues you can get through in like half an hour, and it's it's inconsequential. But you get characters that maybe you don't normally read. You know, tyrant. You get here. You end up having Silver Surfer. This issue, though, I think that maybe they were kind of aware. Okay, it's gonna end, and it's not really hard hitting. So what we'll do is get real crazy with the art at times, and get you know, kind of the deal where you do have. And art changes that kind of were cool Not as cool as earlier in the series Where you saw all the different silver surfers mm-hmm. But it still ends up being that Yeah, the, the previous issue had us Where it was, you know, copying ex- Very specific art styles Of very specific former yeah. silver surfer artists And this is a We have the reality stone doing crazy stuff So hey, hey Ron Draw some crazy crap and he does, and it looks nice. I mean, all read when he did the set, it was a lot like this in a bunch of different, you know, issues and things. And he does. He has like, all of a sudden, you have this crazy art style that looks like it's like a, a deco type style. Then all of a like sudden, Picasso yeah, cubist yeah. paintings, and it's all these different ripples, and each ripple looks slightly different version of reality. It's kind of cool. I, yeah. I'm telling you, in my mind, when you have them say. Or let my mind become lost in this madness. For some reason, I love that panel. I'm like that is the like if I showed you, I'm like that's my favorite <laughs> it, drawing it look, of the It looks like a doodle. Surfer. Yeah, it does. But it looks like somebody's bored in a meeting in it the corner of the so pad. Funny. Okay. Uh, you're like, I like right. the, for me the previous page. I would love to have just a, a print of that previous page. I would I would put that on my wall. I mean, besides the idea that they're fighting tyrant, which isn't going to be something. The, the page even before that that spread. Where you have Silver Surfer and Thanos going after, to, like that is really cool and well done. It's just the idea if you had that as a print. That who the hell's that guy? Oh, that's Tyrant. Who's Tyrant? Yeah, I'm taking this painting down. I don't need to explain stuff let's anymore. Go, let's go for a deep Google on that yeah, one. So yeah, yeah, I don't need to explain it. But yeah, even then, the what's this with the melding deal? You even have, like you said, you have like Dolly esque melding going on. You end up mm-hmm. having Picasso stuff. It's cool. It ends up being cool as you then see Silver Surfer in that art deal saying, I got to get back to the reality. I, I got to make sure that I get back there. And he ends up rebuilding himself, which is pretty yeah. cool. He uses like his his willpower and the power cosmic, like force himself. He forces himself out of a nine panel grid, which is kind of cool. from a, you Yeah, know, a comic it's cool. A lot of this of is cool. And then you end up just like. Now I'm pissed. I'm Silver Surfer. I'm pissed. I'm going at you. Mm -hmm. And he does end up going and you have a big clash. And even then you have reality just bending and melding. And The next thing you see is that first it's just Silver Surfer back and he's about to attack. But then Thanos, we don't see how he forced himself back to reality, but he's Thanos. So sure he does. He sneaks up behind and uh, clocks Tyrant on the face. Socks him one, and then it's you know it's your your scramble the for the song. dropped the dropped MacGuffin, yeah, right? Oh, I I grab I'm gonna grab this, you're gonna grab this. It's like the beginning but, of Temple of Doom when they're all exactly, trying to get the right. antidote. Everybody's jumping for it. Now with that all, you're playing the idea. In my mind, I still trust Thanos to do it because that's how it all set up. He had the reality stone. He's the one who protects it. I can't say that he's not going to do it. You know, from here on out. But you want to play that idea. Of maybe the Silver Surfer should get it. Don't let Thanos get it. And then you have all of a sudden just blasting going on and Silver Surfer ends up like pretty much getting hit. It would be if you're surfing and get hit by a wave and your board flies off. It just happens to go through your buddy. That's right next to you because it goes right through Tyrant. I mean, yeah, it he's, goes he's right charging through. Tyrant and Tyrant blasts him off the board. But, you know, momentum's the thing. And it just goes he right even through. He says, I, I, I didn't mean that. <laughs> I didn't want to do that. And the reality stone's just laying there. And that's where Thanos, this is where Thanos is like, remember what our deal is. I'm so, and Silver Surfer goes up and picks it up and immediately then changes realities back with his wife and kids. Right. Like not even consciously, as soon as he picks it up, this is clearly what he wishes the world would be like. And he looks kind of like Vision. He has the reality gem. Right yeah, there he has it in there. Yeah, and it's 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 kind of sad. You get a little feels because he knows yeah, he can't let this happen. It's a little bit happen. of that uh, the Superman man who has everything kind of a motif. It is, and he's crying at the point where these kids yeah, are there. Daddy, only Daddy, last, it's, what's it's wrong? Exactly two pages. I, I'm sure in the actual book, this is just one spread page. 
Yeah, it's nice, though, with the deal there, you have it and you end up where- Yeah, you get to see Silver Surfer, not all silver, which you don't get to see that much. And he says, forgive me. I'll always love you. Remember that boom comes back. He had to, and it's not right. He's a guy. And mm-hmm. again, I think that this is yeah, that it's, weird play. It's the hero facing that, that test and he passes the test, but it means he has to give the stone to Thanos, which seems crazy. He shows that he could do, but he realizes he can't. He's like, I, I can't deal with this. Thanos has to do yeah, it. It's, and he trusts it's, him. Uh, it's the end of Lord of the Rings. You know, I could use this, this ring to do whatever I wanted, but no, I'm going to throw it in the in the fire, except the fire here is, is Thanos. Thanos is going to go yeah. off, and he says for a set, wait a minute, right before this, I got to do something, and brings back Jack of Hearts, who was played and ended up dying, so he brings him back. Jack of Hearts is like, what the, what the heck is going on here? What the, <laughs> yeah. ah, don't worry. And Thanos, ah. Yeah, yeah, you're back here. I'm going to give the Thanos. Wait, no, he's going to go off and give it, and he does end up doing that. I like that Thanos is just like, I'm really going to take care of Tyrant really quick and just throws parts <laughs> of him out there, which he He rips him in half and throws the top half into space. Okay. All done. That's taken care of. Except then you get like the Friday the 13th or any horror <laughs> movie where all of a sudden the eyes light up. Yeah. You're like, oh, no. But yeah, yeah just, whatever. Just leaving Tyrant out there because you can't actually kill him off because, you know, I mean, this is set in the past. So for all I know, maybe Tyrant has come back since whenever He's this out is supposed there. to have happened. And even yeah. if it wasn't, you could just do it, whatever. And yeah, you have all that going down. And yeah, Thanos gets the reality stone and zips off to go sit at his farm. And look at it and do his deal because mm-hmm. that's what he does. He ends up, you know, with that. And uh, yeah, then you have Marvell who's talking. Or, or Janice Bell actually says, yes. "Hey, uh, nice. You you gave it there. Were you too tempted? Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't mm-hmm. keep that reality stone. What are you gonna do? Oh, I'm gonna go to Earth. I think, like you said, I'm gonna make my daddy proud. Oh, really? I'm gonna fly around on my surfboard. The end. Yeah. So this is a nice bookend because it started off with him talking to Janice Bell when they saved. Was it a Cree or some? So they saved some sort of spaceship back in issue number one. And you know there is a Genesval book coming up. Okay, yeah, in yeah. July, written by Peter David. So again, an older writer. So I, I don't know if this is supposed to be a little hint, hint about that. It seems like the new Genesval book is going to be set in current continuity, like it's kind of coming off of the actual Captain Marvel book. I think that's where Genesval came back to life there. So I don't know it. Is it a reference to that, or is it just, well, let's have a nice little send-off here for Genesville? No, I think that it's if it's anything and if it's connected, it's like, yeah, if people are reading this, let's get the name out there again. Let's get people to at least know a little mm-hmm. bit, and off he goes. Maybe in the physical book, there's an ad for it. I don't know. Would make sense. Yeah, with all of that coming out of that Captain Marvel book, we'll see how that, that goes. Because, yeah, you ended up having a bunch of characters in that coming back. Uh, in the one arc by Kelly Thompson. So that that's pretty cool that you connect. But yeah, Peter David, he's writing more and more. He's got a bunch of things going on. We have, I guess, two books this week by him, which is crazy. Uh, and then more coming. So we have all that. But yeah, by the end, like we said, it, it, this isn't going to wow you. It doesn't end at any surprise. It, it ends up with what they said they were going to do, and they did it. So It's not a universe-changing all-time classic story, but it's a it's a good, solid Silver Surfer story with, I think, some of the best art we're getting out of Marvel Yeah, the art's really good. Days. And it's, you know, they play around with things as well, so that makes it's not just, you know, oh my god, that's the best art I've ever seen. It's also, oh man, they were clever there, and they did that little yeah. deal. That's neat. So, what would you give it? I had a great time with this. I'm going to give this a very solid 8 out of 10. Yeah, it I think does I'm going to go 8 as do. well. Yeah, I'm going to go eight as well. So with that, my book of the week is Amazing Spider-Man. And I'm glad. I, I want to like that book more and more. So at least we're getting to that point. We're starting to like it. And just as an aside, we also like new Fantastic Four as well on the Patreon. So that's something we you did, should yes. check out as well. Didn't really like the Punisher, you know, work, but that's not here nor there. You'd have to go to the Patreon. But what's your book of the week? My book of the week is also Amazing Spider-Man number four. Yep. So with that, who is your gem of the week? My gem of the week is going to be Dr. Batter from uh, Moon Knight for doing his little little chant to uh, make yeah, the Moon Knights get sent back I, I kind of like you know, him with the Undersman. I'm actually going to go with Silver Surfer at the end here where he had to pretty much give up the best thing that he wanted. The only thing he wants is family back. Okay. He has to give it up for the good of all. Sure. And then even then comes out. And I mean, 
in bringing back Jack of Hearts. I thought, I mean, he's a gem on a gem, and then gives the deal. Excellent to point, Thanos. So I'm going to go with that. What is your cover of the week? My cover of the week is from the new Fantastic Four number one, covered by Nick Bradshaw and Maury Hollowell. Okay, I'm actually going with again. I, I'm making almost a trifecta, but I didn't give it the book of the week. But I'm going to give the Silver Surfer. My cover of the week. I really like that, even though, again, it has Tyrant on it. And you're like, eh, Tyrant, you're not the greatest, but I do like and I know we, the we don't there. do the variant covers, but take a look at the Carrie Andrews uh, cover for New Fantastic Four. It looks really cool. It's like a, a fake foil cover. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's supposed to look like an old time you know, foil cover with all the 90s stuff all over it. It looks really neat. That's cool. And I'm looking here just so I can tell her. It is uh, Ron Lim, Don Ho, and Israel Silva on the cover that I uh, like. So there you go. Just wanted to give a little love to the Silver Surfer Rebirth now that it's done. But yeah, I'll check out that variant as well. But that is it for the podcast. I hope everybody enjoyed a little positive spin this week. See, a week off, it, it gave me time to recharge my batteries. And get everything set. Very but nice. with all of that, go over to our Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. Follow us, we'll follow you back. Go to our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, and also go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science. One of the things is our weekly spotlight podcast where we ended up talking, as we said, the new Fantastic Four number one and the Punisher Word Journal Blitz, I believe. Was it Blitz uh, number yes. one? Yeah, Blitz. Though, those were the two. That were picked this week by the badasses that get fresh crew. But that is that. So we will go off. Uh, what do we say at the end, Jason? Have a great week. Week. Keep it weird. Weird. And go read comics. Go read comics. Go read comics. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.